1: It's that demonstration of Jesus' greatest commandment that we'll hear more about today on The Kingdom and Its Stories.
2: Welcome to everybody who is either watching or listening on the radio or on a podcast. We welcome you to The Kingdom and Its Stories and also the hands and feet of Jesus. And uh, our guest today is Jeannie Marie. And Jeannie, it's wonderful to have you with us. And just to remind our viewers of the the topic of what we're talking about uh, in this program is we want to interview people like Jeannie, who uh, can give us uh, an example and some stories of how we can be Jesus' hands and feet, not as a special event, but as a lifestyle. And so, Jeannie, um, let's begin by asking you, uh, what's your elevator speech? What what do you do?
3: (laughs) Well, thank you for having me on the show. So I am an author of Across the Street and Around the World, Following Jesus to the Nations in Your Neighborhood and Beyond. I'm also a, a course creator and a strategist with an international company that sends people to 50 Muslim countries around the world. And I'm also a mom of four, uh, a wife, a care hero, and, of course, beloved daughter of a very important king in a very important kingdom.
2: (laughs) Amen. There you go. That's
3: that's who I am.
2: (laughs) Okay. All right. Well, tell us how God brought you to that place. I mean, it sounds like you're a very, very, very busy (laughs) busy person. And I'm just, I'm amazed at uh, how do you do that being one person? But, but that's for another time. Yeah. Okay. Right now, just tell us, you know, what is your story? How did God bring you to this, this point in your life where, where you have such a passion Mm -hmm. for people in the world?
3: Yeah. I I've always had, uh, I grew up overseas in the Philippines and in a tribe, actually, on the edge of a mountain, and my parents were translating the Bible, and I, I grew up just like National Geographic, you know, with the little little uh, huts on stilts with pigs and chickens underneath and a monkey for a pet. But when I came back to the States when I was 18, I didn't want to live in a tribe. And even though I had a passion for it, because everything I do is focused on the 3 billion people with least access to Jesus. this is. Mm-hmm. Really- Buddhist tribals, even though I had that passion, I thought, well, I'm in the U.S. now. I'm not going to live in a tribe. I can't do anything. Right. And so for 10 years, I lived, I worked in the corporate world, had kids and it was wonderful and it's equipped me for what I'm doing now. And then I realized, oh, the nations are coming to us. Amen. I'm just an ordinary person, but I can actually do some things right now. And so some of the stories I'll tell later are how I got involved with just regular immigrants and international students and refugees. And then um, eventually, you know, once we start doing these kinds of ordinary things right here, my husband and I were like, we're, let's change our address. (laughs) And we sold everything we had. We quit our jobs at 40 and moved to an unreached, unengaged people group. In India, a Muslim people group, Um, we didn't we had to come back earlier than planned. And so that's where I am right now, because God's allowed me all these experiences to be able to help just regular people um, have a part in reaching some of these three billion people who are right next door to us.
2: Well, yeah. Do you have any idea what the statistics are of those representative people in the United States?
3: Yeah, so actually, there's probably only about 1% to 3% of those 3 billion of like, let's say, Muslims, right? Um, right. Diaspora, we call them, are actually here. However, they have ties back to their families. You know, they're very strong with their families. And so anything we do here does go back to the original countries and people groups and international students go back so it is a small percentage that are here in the U.S. however it is a large amount of people because three billion people a lot of people (laughs) right so
2: Yeah. yeah and they and they and they really do have an impact back home
3: absolutely I mean there's even at my university here, Arizona State University, we have the largest amount of international students seventeen thousand international students. Wow! In, in
2: university, yeah. yeah,
3: and they're leaders in their country, and so yeah, we can easily make a friend.
2: Well, Jenny, I, I know that you have um, put together a list of suggestions that that um, that people like me and. Um, Common folks can read through and get an idea of these are some of the things that we might be able to do. What tell us about that list and how you do, how you came to it, and maybe share some of those pointers with us.
3: Sure, yeah, I found that most people like we can get all excited about these three billion people, but how do we start? <laughs> right? right? How do we start? And I found that if we can just make a friend. That is a face of, of like a Muslim, a Buddhist, or a Hindu. That makes all the difference. And suddenly we're, we're catapulted into relationships and experiences and cross-cultural adventures right here we never knew we could do. And so I, I just created this 10 ways to make 10 friends in unreached people groups right where you live, even during a pandemic.
2: <laughs> okay.
3: and, uh, and so some of those things are pretty easy. Do you want me to start with an easy one or how I tried my very, made my very first friend? Okay, do you want to do that one first?
2: Yes, sure
3: <laughs> okay so this this uh I knew suddenly that I was like, if i 'm going to do this i don 't even know any Muslims, right. And so I just looked up on the Internet who's working with refugees. I knew that Iraqi refugees were coming to Phoenix. And and I found this name that sounded kind of Arabic. And I called her and I just said, can I just meet you and see how I can help? So I I go down to the refugee resettlement agency and I have my two year old daughter in my hand. And I'm terrified. You know, she comes out. Her name is (laughs) and she's dressed in black from head to toe. Okay. I, I was 38 years old when I met my first Muslim, even though I've traveled all over the world. And she
2: said, "So even in the Philippines, you you were you were you were ministering with tribal people who were not Muslims,
3: not down south where all the Muslims are. Yeah,
2: yeah, okay.
3: So, uh, so she said, you know, she sits me down. Why are you here? And when someone asks you that, that's a really good indication you're in a good place because you're not." like, supposed to be and using you so I I told her I just said genuinely like I've been reading the Bible and it says to love your enemy and I couldn't think of any enemies except actually Muslims that I don't even know
2: you said that I
3: did (laughs) <laughs> 9/11 had just happened, and I was. Yeah,
2: and she didn't up. bring out her her sides and, and knives. <laughs> yeah.
3: and I said, and I know they're not really my enemies, but I need to make a friend. And also, I told her I'm a follower of Jesus of Isalmasi. That's
2: show so uh, you right up front with right that. Up
3: front. Yeah. yeah,
2: okay. But
3: I love God, and I I just want to help. I, I moved from a different country, and I told her Matthew 25. I'm going to give a cup of cold water in Jesus' name. I just want to help. How can I help the refugees? And she said, you know, after a while, oh, okay, you can help. So I thought, okay, we're going to probably do like a close. (laughs) You're
2: okay. You passed the test. I was
3: like, okay, um, maybe we'll do like a close campaign or a food drive and then we'll hug all the refugees and go home, right? No. She said, if all you're saying is true, I just met a young widow who with a couple small children whose husband was accidentally killed by American soldiers nobody else knows this but me she said and if if what you're saying is true I want you to come to my her apartment with me tomorrow and I want you to ask forgiveness yeah I said can I I thought Lord can I even do that (laughs) Uh, but here's the thing and I don't want to scare any of you but here's the thing it's not scary because all I did was say yes and I found that now this is when I found that it takes a thousand steps of yes in an intentional direction to
2: really Mm
3: -hmm. and all i did was say yes and that catapulted me into um a, a relationships with Iraqi refugees friendships over several years where we were studying the bible together and reading and praying and learning and and all these adventures just by saying one little yes and then praying and asking god for insight wow. and just showing up just showing up yeah and so yeah and so you never know what will happen if you just make a friend is what so, i want
2: so step 1 is Making a friend?
3: Step one is making a friend. And now I'll give you okay. some tips on how to do that if you, if you would like. Yes. Yeah. So here's, here's yeah. the thing, is I always say, and this is what I say over and over, is, is a Jeannie Marie quote is, start small, start soon, and start somewhere you already are.
2: Yeah, I didn't get the first one. Start what?
3: Start small. Small, okay. Start small, start soon. Okay. And start somewhere you already are.
2: Okay. Right?
3: So, but
2: in this first example you gave us, you weren't already there.
3: I was already in Phoenix. And okay.
2: okay. All right.
3: Yeah, I was already there, and I just I and and so one of the things, and I won't go into this more, is to make is to help refugees coming in, right? Right. We've got Afghani refugees pouring into our borders now. Mm-hmm. All you had to do is call a refugee resettlement agency in your area. You just Google it. And say, can I help? And there's people at these refugee resettlement agencies that will help you make a friend, and you don't. So if
2: you if you just do a Google search,
3: yeah, uh,
2: refugee Refugee resettlement Resettlement, that will lead you to a local. Okay.
3: Also, in my guide, if they if you want to download my guide, it I will tell you exactly what to Google, where to Google, and give you some examples.
2: Okay. Wonderful. Okay. Before we go any further, how do we get the guide?
3: Yes. So it's at academy.com backslash 10 friends, J-E-A-N-N-I-E. And an easier way maybe to find it is just to go straight to my website, which is across the street and around the world.com. That might be okay. easier to remember. Good across the street and around the world dot com. And you'll see that guide there, along with lots of other things. Um, but that will give you some insight on how to help refugees coming in. And it's so All much right. because it's practical, hands on. Right
2: right good yeah. so okay step 2
3: step 2 um eat at ethnic restaurants now anyone can do this right <laughs> italian doesn't count good pleasure yes italian doesn't count mexican doesn't count <laughs> okay. okay so uh you just google ethnic restaurants near me and go and and go in the middle of the day when it's a little bit, you know, and make sure there's a sit down, make sure it's not just takeout because of, you know, the pandemic now. And because that's when it'll be slower. Most often, these Indian restaurants and Vietnamese and Thai, they're run by families. And you can start conversations with them. And we've done that we go to some of the same restaurants over and over. Uh, we but how
2: do, Jenny, how do you do that? I mean, you're sitting down at a meal, yeah. Mm -hmm. And in our culture, you don't just normally walk to the table next to you and introduce yourself or do you do that? Is that what you do?
3: So I try to in these restaurants, I make friends with the owners, with the servers. Oh, you go to an Indian restaurant. They're all going to be Indian and they're going to be the daughter of the owner. Okay. And so I ask, you know, and here's the question. Any of these times you meet somebody, even in the grocery store, anywhere is a very politically correct and wonderful question to ask is what country is your family originally from okay we don't ask hey what country are you from where are you from america do you speak english (laughs) you know none of that because they probably have lived here for a while right do you have do you have ties back to the country your your parents were originally from and then they'll say oh yeah this is all right or when i'm in a restaurant you know i'll ask what what Part of India is this food from, and oh, is this start? Did your family start this? And so we start talking. I, I I took some people to a restaurant a while back, and I told them, I said, "Give me one hour, and we'll be invited into these." <laughs> so I'm just modeling some of the conversation, and so we uh, we by the end of the dinner and. We were eating with our hands. So they right. over like you're eating with your hands. It's so wonderful. It makes me so happy. They had brought us back to the kitchen, had met the the chef who was the father and the mom. And yeah. And and there was one restaurant where we we kept going back and back and back and because it was a country we were going to run a short-term trip to right so eventually we brought all our short-termers did a special event with the hosts who told us all about the country and then people from Mm. that group started meeting with the owners so yeah More after you make a friend. So you have to read my book and do all the things, you know, but making the friend first. And that's an easy thing to do. It's just okay,
2: fun. good. Let me take an uh, opportunity for this little pause to make a, make a station break. Um, those of you who are listening or listening to the kingdom and his stories, those of you who are watching or watching in the harvest website, um, uh, the title of our program is The Hands and Feet of Jesus. And so um, we have Jeannie Marie with us uh, today, and we're, we're learning about her 10 steps of being able to develop friendships with people from other cultural backgrounds and to be a witness to them, just not in terms of, um, of the traditional, what we think of, of you know, of, um, let me tell you about Jesus, but instead of being Jesus, Being Jesus to them by developing a relationship. So, Jeannie, you've, you've talked to us about a couple of steps. What are some, we don't have time for all 10, but what are some of the other key steps that, um, you, you could tell us about? And, and then with that, tell us some stories of how, of how God has used those steps to draw people into relationship.
3: So one of the things that I would love for all of us to do is to have an international student friend. Okay. So easy to make an international student friend. They are coming to our country. They're lonely. Just think of your own kids who've gone to college, right? And they want an American friend and how you can do this is simply by, and this is in my guide to looking up the university near you. And there's faith-based organizations that work there. You just call them up and say, can you, can I have a friend? And okay. so this is what we did actually for Thanksgiving and Christmas too, is I, I called one of our faith-based organizations and just said, um, you know, we our, our families in our church want to host people for Christmas or Thanksgiving, could you give us some people? They gave us like 60, 60 kids, 60 kids. <laughs> and all of our church people were like, Yeah, we can have them for Thanksgiving. We already, we already are doing a dinner, you know, for Christmas. Right. And, and so we we they came to our houses. So we had a few Indian students again, um, that, that Saudi students and Chinese, those are the three that are gonna mostly come. And and people from South Korea too, who you can mobilize to reach right. out. And so they came to one dinner and then we just started being friends with them. Okay, how can we can we take you to Walmart to get some food? Yeah, you know, you need no. stuff just college student stuff. Can it's so simple.
2: To- you know, it's it's not it's not complicated.
3: Yeah, our family's going camping. You want to come with us? We had our two of our students who was a Sikh student and also one who was I think it was Hindu. Yeah. And so they didn't have anywhere to go for Christmas break. So I said, you know what? Why don't you come and live with us for a couple days and for a week, if you want. Wow. Literally, they were so excited. They came and, and stayed with us. And so we're doing the, you know, we're doing the nativity set together. We're, we're doing Christmas cookies. We, you know, watched Christmas movies. We told them the Christmas story. They could see Jesus. I remember this was a couple years later because they're, you know, friends. And he gave one of them gave me the book Kisses from Kate. It was it was just a, a he said you're just like her like she worked in Africa and did all these things right okay. and I'm like oh wow and all I did was you know make Christmas cookies with him, right. but, but it's this you know okay you are representing Jesus and of course we use our words but we also use our hands and we love people so that's oh, that's a good a good thing for everyone. I to.
2: love that especially at this time. Yes. Here. Yeah, this is really appropriate. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. One no, one? no, yeah, we the okay. another one.
3: Okay, here is a very strategic thing. I find that most people are like I don't have time to do anything extra, right? And and that's what we're busy Americans, right? So I would say do your leisure. This is number 5 on my 10 tips. Do your leisure activities where internationals live. So I have people who like maybe work out in a gym. Well, maybe you should change your gym so that you work out where all the refugees are located. Okay, good. The people working at Intel. What I did was as a mom with little kids. And so I, you know, I did play dates and stuff and we went to the park. And so I did some research and uh, I found out that there was a whole bunch of people from Intel that worked at Intel and in Chandler real real close to us. So instead of going to the parks where I was, I drove 15 minutes and went to the parks in Chandler.
2: Wow. Oh, yeah. So simple.
3: Yes. And there were women there that there happened to be a a bunch of Muslim women from, I think it was Turkey and um, different countries that happened to play with their kids at the park there. So we started going regularly to play with our kids at the park and I invited other moms in and, and this turned into... After t- over time, this turned into we decided to do a, a an interfaith dialogue group <laughs>
2: because oh.
3: when you're this didn't turn into it right that
2: now. happened in the context of the park.
3: Well, no, first they invited us to their homes. Oh, okay, right because people from other cultures, especially if they've not been here too long, are very hospitable, and they want you to come over and and they will invite you to tea. And so we started going to their homes, right? And meeting their families. And, and then we started discussing our faiths, right. And the, the common ground between our faiths, because our faiths are quite similar actually, and how we wanted to honor God together. And so we, mm. we um, so my friends and I actually did this more than I did. I was involved in some other things, but they turned it into <laughs> Uh, an actual interfaith dialogue that eventually moved into the actual mosque, and so we had um, believing women, Christian women, meeting with Muslim women in the mosque.
2: Wow! Um,
3: once or two, once a, a, a month or so, and and just discussing stories from scripture. Yeah,
2: so, simple but stretching.
3: Yes, and it, it. This is the thing, everyone who's listening. You're like, oh, I could never do that, right? Go to do that, but you can go to a park and say hello to the Muslim mom there. Yeah. And and make friends. And it will turn into something if you're intentional about making friends.
2: Right. And, and that, to me, I think, Ginny, that's the a key word is the intentional.
3: Intentional.
2: You don't just wait for it to happen spontaneously. Yes. I mean, you've got a goal in mind, and that is to build a relationship. Yeah. A real relationship. Yeah, yes. yes. Yeah. 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 And
3: That is true. I really glad you said that because sometimes people say, I'm going to wait till I do this short-term trip or or, I'm going to move overseas. And then I'm going to make all the, make, you know, help disciple people or make friends like this. And I'm like, you just need to put yourself where they are and they are here. So you got it, but you got to drive. You may have to drive an hour to the refugees. You might have to drive half an hour to the international students or 15 minutes to the immigrants, but put yourself where they are and then see what happens.
2: Right. Yeah.
3: Yeah, I, yeah.
2: It's not something that that um, you necessarily have to have a, a blueprint for. Right. But you just get started and let the Lord um, unpack what actually is going to happen.
3: Yeah. And just to remove the fear for everybody of talking to even just strangers, nobody likes to talk to strangers. But I will say that um, if you talk to anyone who's from another country, you can talk about spiritual things just like you're talking about the weather. They love it.
2: Wow. Wow. Yeah. I think sometimes we, you know, Americans um, are a little shy about talking about our faiths mm-hmm. um, or about spiritual things. When the people we're talking to, they're not shy about that. That's right. At all. And uh, we need to overcome that timidness, I think. So, yeah. Uh, real quickly, um, tell us something that you personally have done recently. Just a, a real fresh story of, of how you have reached out to develop friendships.
3: Yeah. So this is, and just we only crazy. have
2: one minute left. One
3: minute. So I was speaking at a church in Pennsylvania and they said, what can we do? And I said, let's go to a mosque and I'll take you there. So this is just last week. And we went to a Turkish mosque and the women and the men went in separately. We went into the women and they had Turkish food and we ate together mm-hmm. and we, <laughs> and then we found uh, they want to focus on Bangladesh in that place. And we right. found a woman from Bangladesh, who became, who became friends with one of the people. And she said, there's 400 Bangladeshis here. You all have to come over.
2: Oh, wow. And
3: so I, I loved it because I love the food, the people, and the friendships. And to be able to uh, facilitate a relationship that can continue is really important. So it was super fun.
2: Jeannie, <laughs> thank you so much. Your, your enthusiasm is infectious. And uh, I want to encourage everyone who's listening to take at heart the things that Jeannie has shared with us and put them into practice and be Jesus' hands and feet. Thank you, Jeannie, so much.
1: Thank you. Jesus defines discipleship as come and follow me. Next Monday at 5.30 p.m. on Faith Talk 1360, we'll hear another testimonial from a leader demonstrating how they and the people of the church are sacrificially loving the needy. beginning to see real change in their communities. If you have a personal example of how you are being the hands and feet of Jesus with your neighbors, we'd love to hear from you. Enter your story at harvestfoundation.org. That's harvestfoundation.org on the Contact Us tab. You can also subscribe to the podcast on The Kingdom and Its Stories on Apple Podcasts and Spotify.